title of my message this morning is that you do get paid for thinking. If you ever had, you ever went up to somebody and said, what do you think? And they, oh, I don't get paid for thinking. And I tell them, that's not what I heard. Thinking people get paid. People that don't think, well, they just don't think. You know, we're in the middle of the, the, the holiday season, and I think it's valuable information to keep our mind set in the right place. There's a lot of things that would like to rob us of the way we think. We'd like to steal away our, our thoughts and make them where they're not healthy for us. And I just want to talk to you this morning about what you think. If you have your Bibles, oh goodness gracious. I didn't, I didn't put the, the, the name of the book on here. It's chapter 8 though. <laughs> oh, 4. It's up here. Chapter 4. If, I, if you think I'm unprepared, that's what you're thinking. <laughs> Philippians 4, 8. I should know that by memory anyway. Finally, brethren, Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate or think on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. This is what the Apostle Paul talking. And the God of peace, this is, this is what we get paid. And the God of peace will be with you. That's a pretty good payment, isn't it? If you think on these things, the God of peace will be with you. How, how, how many could use a little more peace in your life right now? I mean, like, really? I mean, you can buy a lot of things, but that's not one thing you can buy. But you can when you begin to think on these things. I hear a lot of people today, and, and, and a, lot of, a lot of people are just like, oh, I just, I just want everybody to like me. And just want everybody to just to think that I'm a good... Now, that's natural. Everybody wants to be liked. But let me tell you something. The f there's a flaw in our thinking if we want everybody to like us. So we put together... There was a guy that put together some thoughts of 10 ways to be sure. Everyone will like you. Here we go. Number one, don't do anything important. <laughs> stay out of situations that need solutions. Number two, don't stand up for anything or any more, anyone. Forget being loyal. Just agree with whoever you're with. <laughs> Some of y'all are thinking about somebody right now. I can read your mind. Number three, stay with the crowd. Dress like them, talk like them, and for goodness sake, don't have any moral convictions. 
Have strong, having strong moral values is a sure way to be hated by every virtue-less person. Number four, don't set boundaries with people. Never tell anyone no or confront anyone. Be a doormat. Let people walk on you, cheat you, and abuse you. Oh, and then call it loving like Jesus. So you can feel good about feeling bad. Number five, don't have dreams or set goals. Dreaming is very risky as you will inspire many to disagree with what you desire. Number six, remind people how incapable, weak, dumb, and ugly you are. (laughs) It's hard not to let your mind wander when you're reading all this. Don't think well of yourself. That will cause someone to think you are arrogant or prideful. Don't own nice things as you will cause others to be jealous of you. Whenever you look more blessed than others, they will have to question your motives and your means. Number eight, don't work hard or try harder than others. You will make all the lazy people feel bad. Sports and games are a sure way to cause people to have an opinion of you. Stay away from competition. Number 10, following Jesus is another way to lose great friends. People will feel guilty around you because you don't do the things that they do. They will think you are trying to be spiritual. Having convictions will cause others to feel condemned. (laughs) It's pretty kind of true, isn't it? So you all remember Samson, right, in the Bible? You remember uh, how he killed a thousand men with the jawbone of an ass? You remember that? Well, that many relationships are killed every day with the same weapon. I bet they don't dare say that in the foo-foo church. So the scripture teaches us that we should renew our mind. And uh, in Romans chapter 12, 1, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to that. It's a great, great, chap, great verse and chapter. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice. Everybody say, God wants my body. He said, offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So when you live for God and you walk in the spirit, you are offering yourself, your body as an instrument of worship to almighty God in your everyday living. And then it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I hear people all the time, oh, well, God doesn't have a perfect will for me. That's not what my Bible says. My Bible tells me that he has a perfect will for everybody. And a lot of times we don't want to say that because we don't want to 
take every thought captive and spend enough time in the word so that we can listen to the rhema word, the spoken word that God has for us specifically because we've not written and read enough of the logos word, the written word of God. The more you read the written word of God, the more you'll know the God that wrote that and he'll be able to speak his specific word into you about his specific will for your life. He wants you to know what his perfect will is for your life because truth is we are really frustrated people if we don't know what God's plan and his will is for our lives. And that's not God's plan. God's plan is not for us to be frustrated. But I've personally, when I get frustrated about something, it's generally because God's trying to speak a word into me about something in my life. If you ever get frustrated, I just want to challenge you. Go to God and ask him why you're frustrated. And there will be some sort of a correction or disciplinary thing that comes to you. A course correction, if you will, because his plan is perfect because he knows what his plan is for you. That's good preaching. So many of us think that once our life is transformed, then our mind will be renewed. Once our life is transformed, then our mind will be renewed. Actually, it's just the opposite. Our mind gets renewed and then we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. You see, we want that transformation, but if we don't renew our mind, then that transformation in our life will never happen. Patience. Everybody say patience. Did you know that most all of the animals out in the world are more patient than people? You watch them deer out there, you, you, a, a wolf will wait. If, if he sees some, uh, an animal that's, sometimes he'll just wait. And sometimes, sometimes those deer will just stand still for a long time. It, it's interesting how animals can be more patient, but we're smarter than they are, but many times we're not as patient as they are. The transformation comes from being patient and giving ourselves over to God's plan and his word. Contrary to popular myth, ostriches don't bury their head in the sand when scared or frightened. All my life, I've heard, well, don't bury your, your head in the sand. That's what ostriches do when they're scared. The truth is, when they stick their head in the ground... They've got, they, they lay eggs and they cover them up. They stick their head in the ground and they're, they're shuffling their eggs around so that they'll be the right temperature. They're actually taking care of business while you and I are making fun of them. <laughs> in fact, when an ostrich senses danger, listen to this, and cannot run away, it will flop on the ground and remain still, attempting to blend in with the terrain. I didn't even know that. Of course, I haven't been around any ostriches either. But if you want to come out of an unpleasant circumstance, limitation in career, stagnation in your life, instead of flopping down and blending in with everybody else in the world, 
If there is anything virtuous, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on those things instead of going along with the crowd. Meditate on the things of God and think on these things, the things that you've learned and received and heard and saw in Christ-centered people. These do, and the God of peace will pay off in great dividends with the peace that passes all understanding. The world out there cannot give you peace because the world doesn't have Jesus. But we in this, oh, I got let me just stay with my sermon. <laughs> so when your mind is changed, your life will be transformed. Remember, where your mind goes, your life always follows. So when you experience deliverance or when you're born again, your mind has to switch from a slave to a son. And from a slave to a soldier. You see, too many times we are slaves to the sin in our lives when God wants us to rise up above that and realize that we are sons and daughters of the most high God. That we are soldiers in the army of God. And listen, we didn't achieve this freedom in our world today by sitting on our pockets and just staying still and saying, oh God, just, just help keep us safe. No, we actually fought battles so we could have freedom today. And if we want freedom in our own personal lives, somebody's going to have to fight for it. And if you want it, you're going to have to be the one that fights for it for yourself. Nobody else is responsible for your freedom and for the peace in your life. Only we are. Even if you get a tax as before, We see things from a different position. Uh, We need a different perspective. Everybody say that. Everybody say, I need a different perspective. In case you didn't, I'm preaching to myself today too. Sometimes we just need a different perspective. How about this? Uh, As a child of the most high God. I couldn't sleep very good last night. I woke up and I was watching uh, Christian television. And sometimes I think that's an oxymoron. Because I'm like, man, this guy wants $1,000 for 300 people to give $1,000. And if you do that, then you get this. And it's no wonder preachers get a bad name. You know, because they're just like, man, I can't even. Some of that's just like. And uh, it's, it's terrible. It's like prostituting the gospel. And that's not who Jesus is. That's not what he came for us. So here's a, with each and every one of us, we are made up of three entities of our body, our soul, and our spirit. Our body is our physical self. Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotion. And the spirit is the spirit that, that lives in each and every one of us that is transformed and born again. When we are born again, the scripture says that we have the same mind which is in Christ Jesus. And if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Y'all get a hold of this, please. The same spirit, oh, I just, I about got to come down there. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. You got to get this part. If you don't get anything else, 
Get this part. The same spirit, when you receive Christ, the spirit of God dwells in you. And if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it will quicken your mortal bodies. What that means is that the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, God himself lives in you. And God sees you because of Jesus' sacrifice. He sees you as perfect because his spirit dwells in you. And the body can't keep up sometimes because our body and our flesh wars against each other. Anybody know what I'm talking about so far? I mean, there is a constant battle. I told Darla this morning, we get up, we get up in the morning. And, uh, and this morning I told her, I said, it's almost like every word out of my mouth, I have to watch what I say because it's either godly and from the spirit or it's from the flesh. Anybody else have that problem? Yeah. Got about 30 of y'all. So we have to, it's kind of like we used to, when I was growing up, we, there was, a, there was, a, there was a, some guys that would rope with us. And this guy and his wife had, had Australian Shepherd dogs, and they were both male dogs. And we had an alleyway, and we'd, we'd bring the steers back up the alleyway. And those dogs were great cow dogs when they was by themselves. But when they were running them, them steers back up the alleyway, inevitably, they would get in a fight with each other on the way. And the steers didn't get pushed up. Do you know why? They was too busy fighting with each other to do what they were created to do. Because their mind wasn't on what they enjoyed and what they loved to do. They got robbed of their destiny. One of them dogs had his ear bit off. I mean, it was just terrible. And, and I'm sure that that dog, like, after all that, he said, man, this, this just isn't fair. I can't believe it. I don't have an ear. It's just not fair. Well, he, he did that to himself by getting distracted. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get back to my sermon. So, think about this. I'm not one of, all this stuff sounds like the power of positive thinking and all that. Some guy came up to me several years back and he said, man, you just sound like one of those, one of them guys that just talks about the power of positive thinking, being positive all the time. And, and I thought, oh man, I didn't want to talk like them guys. And then, but I was getting ready for this sermon and I thought, you know, I am like that. We need to be like that. Maybe not completely swallow every pill they give us, but the positive things that God has in his word are the things that we need to swallow. Those are the things we need to buy into and practice. And so here's, I just want to say this. We, we, when we get sick, we're like, I'm just, I'm just sick. Let's, let's, let's try to think of things a little bit different, shall we? I just suggest this. We're not really just a sick person trying to get healed. We're really a healthy person fighting sickness. 
You know, when the Spirit of God rules inside of us, the Spirit is always very healthy. And we have to live and breathe by the Spirit. And I know I might be, uh, might be a fine line right here. But I'm saying a lot of times we give entertainment to the sickness in our lives. And it beats us up and it drags us down. And we begin to give more credence to the sickness than we really do to the one who is the healer of the sickness. Second thing is with addictions. We're not a bound person. I'm talking about people that are born again believers. With addictions, we're not a bound person trying to get free. We are a free person fighting bondage. With the Spirit, you're not a sinner trying to get holy. You are a saint fighting sin. Some of y'all need to get a hold of that. You don't believe it. You are a saint fighting sin. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it'll quicken your moral body. In other words, he's going to give you every tool and every power through the Holy Spirit to come up against anything in your life. So perspective, perspective is everything. I remember when I was growing up, and I tell people, when I, when I, when I grow up, I'm going to marry a blue-eyed, blonde-haired rancher's daughter from Texas. I, I said that. And actually, I really knew Darla before I ever knew her. Something was inside of me that told me and drew me to this area and to, to Darla and, and it all. I mean... We think, and then if we're not careful, a lot of us say, man, you're just lucky. Really? You really think that's luck? No, no, no. If we belong to God, he's going to put those, those good thoughts in our mind, and he's going to move. I knew Darla before I ever knew her. I loved her before I ever loved her. Because God put something inside of me. And really, it's all about perspective. Oh, I'll never find a wife. Well, I did say that a couple times. But, <laughs> but that's just the flesh in me. Y'all with me so far? <laughs> Here's my first point, gracious. We're going to have to finish this tomorrow. I mean, next, next Monday, next, next Sunday. Whenever we have church again. My first point is stop waiting for an outside miracle to change your mind. Stop waiting for an outside miracle to change your mind. Most of those miracles will never come until we get rid of the chaos in our minds by filling it with God's word. Renewing our mind will never work if someone believes this excuse. The reason why my mind is so negative is because life is so hard. Are you focusing on how hard your life is or on who you have? So too many times we focus on the how and the why instead of the who. Have you ever thought that maybe the reason your life is so hard is because your mind is so negative? Ooh, that must have hurt. I, 
See, we cannot have miracles in our life regularly if our mind is a mess. So we stop making your mind a sidewalk for the devil to trample on and make it a disciple of the word of God. It says resist the devil and he will flee from you. Don't make his bed and let him sleep with you. I used to have an old pickup, and we traveled down the road, and it, it, it was just a terrible pickup. A lot of times, the fuse would go out. What the fuse does, you all know, the fuse is what stops the electrical current, current from, from making the truck run in some areas. And so it's like if you don't have no lights. And so I got tired of replacing that fuse, so I got a bigger fuse. <laughs> you all, you, you, you. you you're judging me now. I know. I'm just a cowboy. I, can, I fix horses, not pickups. <laughs> but you laughed, but it worked. Some, some of y'all just need to re, replace the size of your fuse. You with me? Too many times we let the little things break us. And if there's one thing that I've learned is that over time with every problem, everybody say every problem. Every problem, with every problem, God always finds a way to make it right and make it okay. With every hurt, with every pain, he's going to come in and he's going to make. That's the reason we can't get so caught up in our problems as we do get caught up in the solution. He who has the solution to every problem. And sometimes we get that from other people. There's a safety in a multitude of counselors. Back to miracles. Don't get me wrong. We need miracles. Don't you with me? We completely believe in miracles around here. We're all miracles. This whole piece of property is a miracle. You're a miracle. We, you could preach this sermon. But miracles don't change your mind unless you are humble. Miracles won't do anything for you without humility and willingness to make God's word the standard for our lives. Remember, the same sun that grows the vegetables also hardens the clay. It depends on what your attitude and your perspective on life is as to whether you're going to grow in Christ or whether you're going to become hardened by life. We, we go to El Salvador uh, and see those little kids. They're, they're filthy, dirty, but they're happy kids. If you've ever been over in some of those <clears throat> third world countries, you think, oh, they're so deprived. Well, they are deprived from our standard, but really a lot of those kids are pretty happy kids. Yeah. And they can find anything to play with and have, and have fun with it. <clears throat> so if we stop blaming our circumstances for our negative thinking, God will start working on us in a powerful way. Listen, we all have different circumstances that we live in. But your circumstances are not your problem. It's your perspective that really makes a difference. Can you say amen to that? Amen. The second point. <laughs> Stop believing that you can't control your thoughts. <laughs> this is good. The second lie 
that must be repented of is I can't control my thoughts. They control me. See, it's an excuse, but it's not scriptural. The Bible says this. It says, think on these things. You shall meditate on it day and night. In his law, he will meditate day and night to take every thought captive. In other words, when you think of something, when I was growing up, if a real cute girl was walking by with short shorts and I'd look at her, my mom would say, she would say, cage your eyeballs. (laughs) See, we can't control what happens out there in the world, but we can control what happens here and what happens here. And we can't blame other people for what we are responsible for. See, it's pretty clear that we are expected by God to choose our thoughts and to not let our mind dictate something else to our flesh. So how do we do this practically? If we can't figure it out, it's not worth talking about. It is true that we can get attacked in our minds because our minds are a battlefield. Too many times we make them, we make them a playground instead of a battlefield. I'm just going to slow down right there for a minute. Let that marinate. As a Christian, we begin to connect our spirit with the Holy Spirit and our spirit begins to get stronger. You see, the mind is a servant either to your spirit or to your flesh. Your mind is a slave to your spirit or to your flesh. And you make up your mind whether the spirit of God is going to rule in your mind or whether the flesh is going to rule in your mind. See, when the spirit is weak, the mind runs errand for the flesh by thinking negative thoughts. Going places it shouldn't go. But when we constantly build our spirit by communion with the Holy Spirit, our mind comes under the influence of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit who lives in us, and we are left with the choices to think on God's things or let the mind go with the flow of the flesh. You have to make up your mind where you're going to let your thoughts go. So when the spirit is weak, the mind runs errands, but we are left with a choice to think on God's things, let the mind go. The third point, what you feed your mind with becomes a mindset. What you feed your mind becomes the mindset of your mind. Mindset is the established set of attitudes held by somebody. Your established, y'all stay with me, your established set of attitude. You ever be, I'm sure nobody like that is here right now or even watching online, but, but I've been around people that just, you could just say, mm, I just got a bad attitude. Mindset. The mindset is impossible to change without changing what your mind is filled with. I don't know if you've ever said, made this statement, well, that's just the way I am. (laughs) Well, I think that's just an excuse for bad behavior. 
gracious, some of y'all ain't going to come back, maybe. <laughs> we should say, that's not who God created me to be if it's not in line with God's word. And then repent and make up our mind that we're not going to go back there. And if we ever do go back there, we repent. Y'all with me? And we should never have so much pride in us that we're not willing to repent of something that we know is contrary to the word of God. We have to have a different mindset. It's not that God is there to whip you over the head with a ball-peen hammer every time you mess up. He wants to bring you in and love you and say, hey, it's going to be all right. You're going to reap some of these bad seeds you keep sowing if you keep in the direction that you're going. But if you'll change your mindset, I'm going to be for you everything that you ever wanted me to be for you. I'm here for you on your behalf. I loved you so much that I went to the cross so that you could have a relationship with me, so that you could come into my presence. I love you. But the choices you make, I will not... What do we say, Dara? He's not going to rob... uh, He's not going to... Remember you said, he's not going to make us... Uh, you, you said it. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it, 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 he's not, he's not going to make, he's not going to, like our will, he's going to give a right to. He's going to protect your right to sin if you want to. He, This fits so good. He's going to protect your right to do wrong. That's good. Good job, Dora. It's going to protect your right. Typically, when we hear the truth about breaking strongholds or renewing the mind, we can get busy trying to change our mindset. We quickly learn. How many knows this is true? We quickly learn that it's not easy. A mindset is what controls you. The mind is what you control. (laughs) The mindset is what controls you, but the mind is what you control. So if you control the mind, then the mindset will follow but if you stay with the same mindset that is contrary to God's word then there will always be conflict between your spirit and your flesh see my challenge today is to make up our mind that the spirit of God is going to rule and reign in my life I may make mistakes and I will make mistakes I will sin and I do sin but I'm going to tell you something I hate it and I don't like it because the spirit of God at the end of the day is going to rule and reign in Randy Weaver's life and my challenge to y'all is to adopt that mindset Repetition is what makes a good horse. Good repetition. By the way, they always do what we train them to do. How many people own a horse? Raise your hand if you own a horse. Your horse does everything you train him to do. You're like, well, my horse is stupid. 
It's, it's, <laughs> I don't mean that bad, but, but it does say that people die from a lack of knowledge. My horses can only go as far as I have the knowledge to take them. You'll only go as far as you allow the knowledge of the Holy Spirit to take you. If you have strongholds in your life that you've hung on to and that's your mindset, you will never find this peace that God wants to give you freely. And I, it's a battle, and it's not easy, but it's simple. Just because something's simple doesn't mean it's not easy. <laughs> the only way to change your default and automatic thinking is by filling your conscious mind with new information of God's truth. Once the conscious mind is filled to overflow, it slips into subconscious mind. Romans 8, 11, if the same spirit, does that sound familiar? If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will also give life to the mortal body because his spirit lives in you. So there's there's uh, out in out in the ocean there's tens of thousands of barges out there full of Christmas gifts for everybody. Y'all with me? Y'all know about that, right? There's barges, ships out waiting to dock that are full of Christmas cheer. And they can't, they can't dock because the docks are too congested. You're only going to have the capacity for so many things in your life. Y'all with me? I'm only going to have the capacity for so many things in my life. And I have to make up my mind what I'm going to allow to come into my life and dock. And if my mind and my life is full of things that are of the flesh. And there's not any room for the spirit. And God's up there going, what are you going to do about it? You're going to get that, all those ships out of the harbor. There's just empty barges and they're not, they're not getting moved out because the bureaucracy, the trucks have to be a certain size and they won't let you in. And they won't let the trucks in unless, and the bureaucracy is clogging up the harbor. And it's easy to talk about all the political ramifications of this harbor business. But I'm going to tell you something. God has 
a lot of things that he wants to bring in your life that will bring a lot of good Christmas cheer to you. Namely, peace. That passes all understanding. But you see, we got to get something out of the harbor. Because there's only so much room in there. There's an old song I thought about this morning. <laughs> Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. That's really all I want for you today is God's glory and God's grace upon you. Make room. Make room for peace because it does pay great dividends to think and to know what God's word is and his plan for you to prosper you. Prosperity is not just money, it's, it's peace, long-suffering, gentleness, temperance, the fruit of the Spirit. Let's, let's fight. I think sometimes the older we get, the more we have to fight uh, uh, hardness. And the more we have to fight, uh, well, that's just the way I am. Got any old people? Yeah, raise your hand if you're an old person. Yeah. <laughs> we can kind of get set in our ways, can't we? And then we have some kids in school. They just get sick. We got any kids in school? Raise your hand if you're in school. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We can get set in our ways too, can't we? Like, I'm telling you, the things of earth will grow strangely dim. Christmas is really about Jesus coming more than it is about us getting our, our presence. It's really, about, it's really about him. And if we'll make it about him, he'll sure enough make it about us. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your many blessings. I thank you for helping us, Lord, and helping our thinking, oh God. And as we think, oh God, we pray, Lord, that you'd help us to be doers of your word and not just, just not hearers only, oh God. Minister to us, I pray. I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a second. This morning, if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, the greatest privilege known to mankind is a personal relationship with God and one of his 
attributes is that he's going to give you the right to choose him or not to choose him. Uh, he's not going to impose his will. He doesn't even do that with people that are followers of Christ. He doesn't impose his will on any of us. So this morning, if you've never accepted him, or maybe if you have, and you just really haven't been living for him, and you'd like to give your life to Christ, get things right. Simply by raising your hand, say, Preacher, I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. We want to put a Bible in your hand. Slip your hand up high. Anybody? Preacher, that's me. Anybody? Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm proud of you, buddy. You put your hand down. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you raise your hand, would you mind looking up at me? If you raise your hand, would you mind coming up and let me pray with you? I'd be honored to pray with you, buddy. I'm so proud of you. I mean, this is such a big deal. Tell me your name. Listen, I'm proud of you for coming up. So it's your day. Honestly, these other people came for church, but it's really, really for you today. Jesus, he went out of his way a lot for one person, Turner. This is for you, buddy. Can I pray with you? Just repeat after me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Lord, I am a sinner. Lord, I am a sinner. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I invite you to my heart. I invite you to my heart. I invite you to my life. I invite you to my life. From this day forward. From this day forward. I give my life to you. I give my life to you. Help me to read my Bible. To read my Bible. To pray. To pray. Show up for church. Show up for church. And get baptized. And get baptized. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Teach me to love you more. Teach me to love you more. In Jesus' name I pray. Congratulations. Hey, listen, you're still going to have the same problems you had when you came, but you got help. Let him help you, okay? You heard the whole sermon anyway. Hey, go visit this, these guys for just a second. Thank you, buddy. You stand with me, please. <coughs> I, this is kind of a kind of a personal question but how many need to change your mindset in some ways raise your hand you need to change just your mindset you got to realize that the spirit of God yeah how many need to be more positive about yourself and your relationship with God more positive with your spouse and your kids and your kids with your parents you with me how many needs to be just uh, the good things, if it's a good report, if it's a virtuous thing, dwell on these things. Let's do that. Let's all raise our hands and let me pray for y'all. Well, we thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you, Lord. You see our need today. You see who we are and you love us so much. We thank you, Lord, for making a way, oh God, for us and that your spirit, the same spirit that raised you from the dead lives inside of us. Holy Spirit, thank you for living in us, for never leaving us, never forsaking us. Thank you for Turner, oh God. Bless his heart, Lord. Bless him, Lord. Bless everybody here today. Help us, Lord. Uh, we give you permission to convict us. Lord, help us to consciously 
reset our minds in a way that will be a blessing to you and a blessing to those around us. We love you, Jesus, and thank you for being our Savior. In your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you all. We love you. Thank you for coming. we got our prayer team up here if you need special prayer. Love to have you.